0: And now, here's your host, Seth Green. Hi, my name is Ella Ella Green. The best marketing guy is my dad. First, he helps people with, with marketing magic. Next, if you need marketing help, he will help you. Finally... If he is a match marketer, my dad is the best. Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I have the good fortune to be interviewing Hilary Hendershot of HilaryHendershot.com. She is a sought-after, money expert, and public speaker. She's been interviewed multiple times in the Wall Street Journal, quoted in Forbes twice, and one of the Silicon Valley Business Journal's 40 Under 40 relied on by Major Television Network as the investor's voice of reason and recognized as an expert voice on multiple panels at the National Financial Advisor Week in Times Square. Hillary is a sought-after expert on money matters and financial transformation. Hillary, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: I'm super excited to be here, Seth.
0: We are super excited to have you. Let's go back in time. I know you weren't always a financial guru. Where did you grow up?
1: <laughs> I was not always a financial guru I grew up right here in uh, San Jose California I um, am one of the few people who can say she was actually born in Silicon Valley so I'm a native and I though I left a couple of times I am back here in San Jose and and I love it recently recently named what the most expensive city in the country to live in can't say I'm proud of that though
0: I can certainly understand that. What was your childhood like being a Silicon Valley native?
1: Let's see. My mother worked in clinical laboratory in the hospital. My father was a financial advisor. Actually, when I was born he was a life insurance salesman and he converted his practice to what's called a fee-only or fiduciary advisory practice. Uh, When I was very young and that term fiduciary is becoming more and more popular now, what it means is that we don't do business with conflicts of interest uh, between us and our clients. And I thought what he did was pretty darn boring for a long time and I went to work in his practice around the age of 25. And as soon as I realized that financial planning was more about working with people to make sure that they're happy and have everything they want and live the life of their dreams, I was hooked. And I've kind of I've been here ever since, so going on 16 years now.
0: That is awesome. So how did you get – how did you become Hillary Hendershot? So how did you attract all this media attention? How did you get to where you are now? So
1: I realized um, – uh, I got my start in the field of financial planning, like I said, in my early to mid-20s, and so, and I also have a head for numbers. I was always really good at math. I loved economics, and I would be working with multimillionaires during the day, helping them plan their investments, and I would come home to my apartment to a stack of bills that I – wouldn't open because I couldn't pay them. I was a chronic overspender, and I I did those kinds of things where I would have financial emergencies all the time. I drove a $30,000 BMW that I bought with a loan, and it would break down on the side of the road, and I couldn't afford to get it fixed. Um, And so I was kind of um, always, always in... Well, I was always in random financial crisis, and I finally, it kind of came to a head around the time of the financial the financial crisis. And I said to myself, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably lose this piece of real estate that I was so proud that I purchased. And if I look around, I have credit card debt, I have student loan debt, you know, I have a high income, but things aren't going well for me financially. I seem to make money disappear. And I I so I, I said to myself, I bet I can figure this out. Like I bet there's a system or some key to unlock the doors that I really want to open. And if I can figure it out for myself, I bet I can figure it out for other people too. And I became really I read everything I could get my hands on about behavioral finance and money psychology and actually neuropsychology or the power of language when it comes to money. And what I figured out is that we all have what's called a money operating system. You have a belief that actually is a superstition about money. I mean, we, make, we human beings made money up, right? It doesn't actually exist. And yet we firmly believe things like money doesn't grow on trees or money is the root of all evil or um, there's always enough money or if I'm good, the universe will provide. Um, and we have a lot of evidence of those things. Um, but none of those things are actually true in reality. And so when I kind, of, I kind of found this key that I thought really unlocked the kingdom for a lot of people, I put together a talk that I was able to deliver on a TED stage. So I gave a TED talk, a TEDx talk in 2013, and it's been off to the races ever since. I, I always say that when you come with me, when you work with me, it is a, a judgment-free zone. And and there are a lot of people out there who are smart and educated and hardworking, and they don't have the financial success that they want. Or, conversely, there are people that have a lot of money that can't figure out why they're still not happy in that area. And so I offer various ways to work with me to get coaching and support to put systems in place to have you be really successful and figure out, you know, what's going on that you would be self-sabotaging or that you would have, um, I call it a money machine in your life that doesn't, doesn't work the way that you want it to. I think financial success is possible for all of us. And so that's really the story I'm interested in telling.
0: That makes a lot of sense. What are some of the most common mistakes you see people making that you're helping them with?
1: I would say the first most common mistake is to think that you have to work hard. For money, uh, like I said, that's a, that's a superstition. And what I find is that a lot of people really just haven't made the decision to be wealthy. Uh, they're demotivated, they're uninspired, or they they just think it's not possible given where they live or how they grew up or who they are. And none of that is true. For every example you can come up with of some, some somewhere it didn't work out, I can give you an example of someone for whom it did. That would you wouldn't that would be an underdog. You wouldn't think they would have financial success in their life, um, the other thing is people say really debilitating things about money to themselves and others, uh, say things like, I can't afford that. So I invite people to replace the word, I can't afford that with, um, let me see how I can work that out. Or or if you're really not going to buy something, just say, I'm not going to put that in my spending plan, right? Um, but to say I can't afford that is to say money is more powerful than me. Um, Another mistake is to not take responsibility for your results so you've created your financial life exactly the way that it is and exactly the way that it isn't and there are some people that have been victims or truly been taken advantage of Um, and, and you have the opportunity in life to really take responsibility for what put you in that situation so that it doesn't have to happen again. They've done. There's a gentleman named Steve Siebel who interviewed more than a thousand millionaires, and he found that the number one predictor of wealth was what he called a nexus of control, and that means you take responsibility for your money. Um, uh, another mistake is a lot of people think that they have an earning problem. You ask a lot of people, I just don't make enough money. And the truth is most people actually have a spending problem. And spending can be very inefficient. If you actually, when you actually dig into the numbers and the transactions, I have found in my own life and in my clients' lives that we're not spending on the things that make us happiest. And in fact, a lot of the money that goes out doesn't bring us any happiness at all. Not happiness, not convenience, not time. Um, And so your opportunity is to really uh, cut those mistakes out. And then digging into the really practical world, I would say a lot of people are really blowing it when it comes to investing. Uh, What we know, for example, is that women are handling more and more of the family budget. But if you ask a woman, where is your retirement savings, 7 out of 10 will tell you it's in cash. And you and I both know that investments sitting in cash are losing value over time. And I think people are afraid of the stock market, don't know how to approach it, uh, don't know how to, I say, if you if you don't know what to expect from the stock market and you don't know how to play in the stock market, you're sort of bound to be disappointed. But there really are evidence-based ways that are simple, elegant, and low cost that you can take advantage of. So but I would say those are the top mistakes.
0: That is really helpful. How, I mean... There are hundreds of thousands of financial advisors around the country. How did you get such amazing recognition for the work that you're doing?
1: Well, b- both understanding how to create headlines, how, how to garner attention, right? So there, there's a basis of uh, media training. Uh, I think the financial advisory world is uh, generally, and they'll forgive me for saying this, pretty boring. Um, so they want to tell you how to do something, or they want to tell you the, the inner workings of how how to contribute to a particular account or how much money you can contribute um, and And while the how tos are are interesting, I think you have to understand what people are really worried about. You have to meet your market where they are, right? Um, So, for example, uh, a lot of women will tell you that they want to learn how to take control of their money. And yet you don't see many financial advisors talking about how to take control of your money. Uh, so so it's a matter of both understanding how to write headlines and how to write articles that people will read and doing um, surveys, talking with prospective clients, talking with clients, um, uh, so knowing where people are when they make the decision to work with someone and making sure that you are there. <laughs> um, I recently, I-, I spent many years blogging, writing blog articles. And blog articles are great to build a really valuable place on the internet where people can go to get uh, tuttling inform- tra- training information. Um, and and I pivoted this year to a podcast because what we know about podcasts is that they build trust. I mean, you know, I was looking at your iTunes reviews just the other day to to prepare for this interview, and people love you, people rely on you. And that really is a position that a financial advisor needs to be in. And so I said to myself, okay, a podcast is where I need to be. So that's, I started Profit Boss Radio this year and, and it's been tremendous. It's been amazing. I I figured out how to get on television and everybody loves television. <laughs> so in 2014, 2015, I did some pretty big media tours. So, so there's a lot, I've created a lot of media assets.
0: That is an excellent answer. How are you? What are some of your secrets for productivity? How do you get so much done in a day? Oh my goodness.
1: Um, So, so I work always by systems. (laughs) Um, I use a little bit of Greg McEwan's essentialism. I use a little bit of the book Getting Things Done. I forgot the name of the person who
0: wrote it. David Allen.
1: David Allen, um, I do. I have a multiple folder email list. I believe in Inbox Zero. I review everything that comes in. I deal with it quickly. Uh, I also use a tool called SaneBox. I don't know if you've heard of SaneBox, but it's amazing. It attaches inside your email client, and um, and it automatically moves the emails that you don't. Uh, usually pay attention to to a different folder, and you wouldn't think that that would save you hours, but it it does. Um, I keep my my desk clear, and I keep my projects organized. My office is paperless, and I have a very uh, detailed system that I use in in Trello. I think a lot of people use Asana. Or there's another one. But I, 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 I've I been using Trello for several years, and it works for me, so I'm, like, not changing right now. Um, but the point is to, to always know what projects you're focusing on and to break those projects up into smaller, bite-sized tasks and to be focused on getting those tasks. Done. I also block my calendar. <laughs> um, so, for example, today's Wednesday. I do podcast interviews on Wednesday and Friday. I do client appointments on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And that's just a great way to keep your brain um, in the same spot. Um, and it really helps to have an amazing supportive team. I have a virtual assistant
0: that I couldn't live without. Great recommendations. What is the best advice you've ever gotten?
1: Oh, my gosh. So much. I'm just listening and re-listening to Tony Robbins' interview on the Tim Ferriss podcast, and he's talking about the difference between fulfillment and achievement. And I think those of us who are achievers uh, really have to get real about the negative impact of critical self-talk on our lives. I spent a lot of years thinking that I deserved the negative things I would say to myself about myself, and what I've come to realize is that, um, it impacts my ability to be present. It impacts my ability to, to give back. It impacts my ability to pursue the other areas of my life that that fulfill me, like fun. Um, what I know is that, uh, is that I'm, I'm very interested in achievement. My personality is very oriented around uh, building a big platform and getting awards and, and like that. But what fulfills me is when I log into my Profit Boss Facebook group, or someone writes a review on um, the Pocket Boss iTunes, and says, you know, you changed my life. And at this point, there, you know, we're—it's not a small number of people who've said that to me. And it's like, I can, I, it's like, I can, I can leave this world a fulfilled woman because because I've made a difference. And so, um, and so, it's an art of. Of focus, it's it's adopting the practice of being someone who focuses on fulfillment and instead
0: of um, achievement. Awesome. So, anything else you want to share that I didn't think to ask you?
1: So, I really think that wealth building is a, is is being someone who's rich and wealthy and financially free. Nobody likes to say retirement anymore, so we're all saying financial freedom, and it's the same thing. If you're – during your life, you need cash flow to come into your world, into your ecosystem, to pay for the things that you want to buy, your home, your car, your vacations. And at some point, you have the opportunity to build up enough assets, whether it's the businesses or real estate or in the stock market, that produce cash flow, that can replace your earned income so you can stop working if you choose to. For so many people, this idea is – out of reach or, um, seems very intimidating. I believe it's breakdownable into eight principles. Um, I'm teaching those principles, like I said, in a judgment-free zone. And, um, and I just want your readers, your listeners to know that, um, that I'm their advocate, that, that, uh, that I'm, I'm that optimistic uh, voice and, and that I have, um, lots of people working with me now who have taken ground and made progress they never thought they'd make.
0: That is absolutely incredible. Fascinating interview. We greatly appreciate your time. Folks, for you listening, go to hillaryhendershot.com. That's H-I-L-A-R-Y-H-E-N-D-R-S-H-O-T-G.com to learn more. Hi, Hilary. Thank you so much for your very valuable time.
1: Thanks, Seth.
0: Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks so much for listening to this special productivity series of the Direct Response Marketing Podcast. I've interviewed hundreds of the most successful entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and CEOs all over the world, and I want to share with you one of the biggest ways I've discovered to triple your productivity that I've learned from these amazing people. Even better, I'll pay you $500 to test drive it. Just go to take the 500 challenge.com that's www.take the five zero zero challenge.com to learn more. Thanks so much for listening.
1: This podcast is a part of the C suite radio network. For more top business podcasts, visit C sweetradio.com.